shed, open, align, and rise. The phases a butterfly goes through for transformation. Are you stuck in the struggles of divorce, feeling heartbroken, lonely, or simply lost in life? Do you ask yourself, who the heck am I and where do I even start on my own? If so, then SOAR is the spot for you. It's the comeback kit and support system I wish was available back in 2015 when my marriage of 11 years came to an end. SOAR is my signature heartbreak to healing journey, helping women reclaim their joy after divorce. This four-month one-to-one process is carefully crafted using self-discovery for divorce recovery. Each month focuses on one of the four pillars of transformation. SOAR is complete with an all-inclusive transformational toolbox, including weekly one-to-one coaching sessions, step-by-step growth modules, and custom integration practices to implement in your daily life. I'm on a mission to empower women to become relentless about choosing and using joy to design the life they truly desire. If you're ready to get lit up on life and soar to new heights, visit joyfullydivorce.com today and book a free discovery call. All right, it's time to start this joy jam. Join me now. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B. And on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest with me. I have Danielle Ballard, who is a wellness leader, and she helps midlife moms reconnect with their dreams and build a bridge to better, better minds, better bodies, and better bank accounts. Who doesn't want all of that? Welcome to the podcast, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me, Heidi. It's such a joy to be here. I am so stoked to have you. I want to give our listeners a little bit of kind of like backstory just so that they kind of understand our relationship. And I know that it's going to move right into all of the things that we want to talk about today. So you guys buckle up. This is going to be a good one. So I think, you know, we reconnected when I had first, we, we met in college, back in college. And we were part of the same fraternity, this volunteer fraternity, and it was really great. And I was super attracted to your energy, quickly realized that we were so, so much alike personality wise. And then we both kind of went our separate ways and started living our lives. But then when I got separated from my husband, I had just moved into a teeny tiny little by myself apartment. And I remember that I was starting to just like ease into my fitness business, Mm -hmm. but I was also semi public about what was going on in my life. Like semi, semi, like kind of knew there was a little pain there, but I was like, it's cool. What I'll really show is like my fitness and all that kind of stuff. And, but what was happening was I had gotten to the point where I was sick and tired of watching my days go by and not fully living. And I had always had that attachment to health and helping others really feel their best. And I think maybe you saw that you've seen that in me all along, but you kind of saw that and reached out because you were helping people 
yep. do those exact things. Yep. So of course, you're like totally in alignment with yes. college and we both had, they were attracted to the same <laughs> thing, bringing positivity into other people's lives, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and I feel like I, when we reconnected on that call, it really ignited this part of me that was in essence, like craving more significance. Mm. Like I really just wanted to create change in my life physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, and so I buddied up with you and created a transformation program with a, awesome products and things and really used those products to create a group that allowed me to have significance mm -hmm. that I was really, really looking for. And it really, that experience, what it really gave me looking back in hindsight now is a ton of variety, ton mm -hmm. of variety, which I, I wasn't living in a space of variety, a lot of drive, a lot of purpose, um, because I needed to prove to myself that I could create a life and version of me that, that I was proud of, mm -hmm. that I was obsessed with. So I just want to publicly say to you, thank you for seeing me and believing in me and supporting me at a time that I just, I had no clue what I needed, you know? And so now we're a few years down the road and without knowing all of a sudden you kind of find yourself in a similar situation, of course, because we're <laughs> twins, um, heading in the direction of divorce. And, you know, I would categorize us both as like very highly ambitious, very driven, very positive, very yeah. helping hands. Like, how can I help others? How can I love others? And so there's a lot of things that contribute to marriages ending, but I think that we should really hone in on one of those today that many people don't talk about. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we have had kind of decided in advance that we would talk about kind of like the pain of the mundane yes, yes. and how to escape the mundane to create the life and version of you that, that you really thrive in, that you really love. So if that feels good for you first, maybe share a little bit about your backstory, what mm -hmm. life looked like, um, maybe what you were forcing it to look like inevitably yeah. however you kind of want to explain that and ultimately what led you to start living life differently yeah yeah thanks Heidi and I just want to edify you you I've always believed in you I've always saw this tremendous energy and this magic from you if you guys listen to her you guys are here listening to her podcast you know she's got magic when she speaks and she speaks with her whole heart. And I just love that about you. You've always been that way. Even when she was younger, guys, she was always that way. She's the real deal. So yeah, um, so Heidi and I met in college. Right out of college, I am... I had, I had a couple of like long-term, not long-term relationships, like kind of like three months, maybe six months, nothing really, really like stuck. Um, I experienced a traumatic incident, um, shortly after college and subconsciously these kind of, those kind of things can really reprogram your brain. I was looking for like safety and security and I got involved with my now ex-husband. His name is Kyle. And he is, he checked all the boxes, you guys. Like he was loyal and hardworking and cute and funny. And he had a good family and money and all the things. Um, 
And so we got married um, in 2007. After dating for a couple of years, I moved out of state to be with him. And, you know, it was good. Like we were just really good friends that, you know, had an attraction to one another. And we built a life. We had two kids. Um, I have an 11, almost 11 year old and an eight year old now. And we have a beautiful home. We just moved to uh, Franklin, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville. It's like the number one place everybody wants to move. We have a gorgeous home, the best schools, his job's going great. I mean, literally, you guys, from the outside, it looked like picture perfect. It know? really did. Like peeping in on just like the glimpses of social media and different things that you were sharing. It was like, wow, look at her, you know, kind of like we hate to get into comparison syndrome, but we all do inevitably. And it was just like, wow, she's got the kids. She's got the money. She's got the guy she's got, she's doing it. Oh, she's got the business. Like, look at that house. It's got every feature you could ever want. I wish I had that kitchen, like all of the things, right. Just like all of the things. And on the flip side of that, I think we get kind of trapped in that social media world where like, you feel like you have to show up that way. It's like, yeah. oh, I have to show the pretty kitchen. I have to do this. You're, 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 you're creating all these masks and these layers of protection so that people don't really know what's going on. And, and Kyle and I had a good relationship. We were good friends, but it was years of trying to fit a square peg at a round hole that there wasn't a, there wasn't an emotional connection. We couldn't communicate he started to be a little bit hypercritical of me and, 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 and wasn't really supportive of what I wanted to, he wanted me to be a stay at home mom. And, um, I remember him saying like, you're so ambitious. Why can't you be ambitious about being a mom? And I'm like, like, I love my kids, but it's, uh, it doesn't light me up. Like my business does, um, because kids can be, um, not very grateful and, and you don't get any but positive feedback until they're walking and talking and then that's the, when they hit the stage where they hate you so <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things it's like and it's it's okay to admit that as a mom moms out there it's okay to admit that like you have something else that lights you up and um I wanted more for myself and I and I was just tired of trying to to fit a square peg in a round hole. And so we just finalized our divorce just recently. Um, and it was amicable and wonderful. Uh, my mediator actually was like, can you guys do a class on how to get a divorce? Because it was <laughs> so smooth and I have so much gratitude for him for that. And we have an amazing co-parenting relationship and it's been going super, super smooth. Um, except I accidentally dyed my daughter's hair teal and forgot that he's planning family pictures this oh, week. So that's no. the only mistake that I think I've made so far, but we're doing all right otherwise. <laughs> um, and I'm in a, an incredibly loving relationship now. And and I, I promise on the flip side of it, now seeing hindsight, I saw like, okay, this happened. And I, this is why I was led to make these choices. You know, I think we're, I think we're taught, especially as women, early on to, you know, now get the, fortunately, we are encouraged to get an education. We're encouraged to get the job. We're encouraged to find the husband. And then we get married and we have the kids. And a lot of us put our passions on the back burner because um, we're following the checklist of life. Yes. And I got to the end of my checklist and I'm like, 
I'm supposed to be happy now, right? I'm supposed mm. to be happy now, but I felt like I was not living my full true self. I was hiding a lot of it because I couldn't share it with the person who was supposed to matter the most to me. And so I was left feeling very like um, my mom said, would say that I would be like a flower when he was out of the room. And then I would crumple as soon as he came in the room, because I would start to hide myself from him mm. too. So, because I was like, why am I not happy? So that is where I was. And so it's actually been almost like this week is the year anniversary of when I told him that I wanted to have it move on and, and have a divorce. Yeah, and that was the hardest. That was probably the hardest conversation ever. That's and, nice. but I promise like, for those of you who are listening to this and are contemplating getting a divorce, I can't tell you all of the fear and stories that led up into that moment. And then the moment came and it's like, I felt like the hands of an angel on my shoulders. Right. Mm -hmm. And this calm came over me. And once I said it out loud, it's like everything just released. Like I was carrying a 20 ton weight on my shoulders and it just released. So I think we work it up in our heads a lot bigger and it is a big thing. I'm not discounting that at all, but we tell ourselves these stories about, about what the reaction is going to be. And you don't have any control over there, how they're going to react. Ah. You just have to take the step for yourself and what's in alignment with you. That is, thank you for all of that. Thank you for all of that. I think it's interesting too, because on the flip side, if you're not the person, so I was, I was opposite where I didn't see it coming in hindsight, mm-hmm. we can see so many things. We can see how we played a part in it. We can see all the things, right? I can see it all now. I can take accountability, responsibility that makes me feel super empowered and all the things. It's what changed my life to actually own up to how I played a role in it and not like be the victim all the time. But I remember, I remember being on the flip side of that and sitting in that moment. And I can only imagine the number of stories that have played out in his mind, Mm -hmm. knowing that we too had an amazing friendship, an amazing relationship together. No one saw it coming, not just me, like no one saw it coming. And the funny thing, not funny, but the interesting thing about the situation that I went through was we sat across the uh, bar from each other. You probably are you. I keep thinking you lived in the same places as me, but you weren't in the same places. I'm thinking of college. This is not college, but we sat at a bar out at a picnic table one day. And just like we did a lot of Saturdays, we would just go out and day drink and not even to get trashed just to like have some drinks and hang out with each other. Right. And I remember sitting there and him saying, are you happy? Mm-hmm. And my immediate response was not really immediate. I couldn't believe it came out of my mouth. Well, what did you, you said, not, you said, not really. I said, out. not really. I, I, I asked it. him that several times before too. And he's like, well, yeah. And I'm just like, how? <laughs> It was, it was literally an angel moment because the version of me that I was then was so deeply ingrained in people pleasing 
and yes. wanting the boxes. Oh. I, I needed those boxes to be checked for my self self-identity for my self-worth for everything that I had become up into that point. We both were six-figure earners living in California on the beach. We were doing the things and living the things and everything our friends were dreaming of because they were raising their eight kids, you know, like all of them were, all of our Midwest friends were doing all the things and checking all the boxes. And we were like, hell yeah, we're doing it right. And the moment that I had those angel hands on my back, it was literally like, without knowing it came out of me, like, not really. And he said, me either. Mm. And then I don't even, honestly, I don't remember one of us said, maybe we should get a divorce. And the other person said, yeah, I think we should literally that quick. I know that most people listening wouldn't believe that that is the truth. I've it's taken years for me to accept that that is still the story that I've told since day one. And it's still the thing that is so true in my body. Um, but I feel like both of us just, we just knew that we weren't being true to ourselves. And he had watched both of his parents stay in a relationship for a long time, because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to do that. We didn't, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people that are like, did you go to church? Did you go to therapy? Did you fight for your marriage? Those yeah. kinds of things are very toxic in my wheelhouse these days, because it was like, no, we didn't want to fight for something that wasn't actually what we wanted. Yeah. Yeah. You're like right? on the same page, right? Yeah. Kind yeah. Of- and we didn't yeah. know it. I think we didn't know it until we knew it. We had gone through, um, you know, through COVID and everything, put a lot of strain on our relationship. And we had been through, you know, several cycles of marriage counseling and it would get better but then it, things would just kind of fall back to the way that they would always be. And, um, you know, it's like a death of a thousand paper cuts. You don't really realize it's happening until you're like, you're covered in scars. Yeah. Like, enough is enough. And you're so yeah. lucky at that situation where you guys could have that, that communication. And we're, we're both very lucky that we came out on the other side in a amicable way, because a lot of women don't, you know? Yeah. I think the one thing that I always remind myself though, because even though we both made the decision, it did not make it any less painful. I just remember us both bawling together and crying and questioning, and maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. I mean, for over a month, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something that was taken lightly. And then once we actually did separate and we got our own spaces, it was devastating to be alone. Devastating. You realize the destruction that you have now in front of you and all of the, all of the painful moments you have ahead of you become increasingly apparent. (laughs) Because there's no buffer there anymore. There's no buffer. You know, it's just you. And we were talking about this pre-recording, but I think that there is like this toxicity in um, the self-care movement, right? Yes. Because we're talking about like mommy has self-care and it's her glass or bottle sometimes of wine or it's Netflix and chill. And all of these things are incredibly self, um, they're numbing they're numbing we we, it separates ourselves farther from ourselves and when you're left alone 
to your own devices, there, there's a tendency to like, am I the first month I was here? I, I probably drank a little bit more wine than I should. <laughs> I definitely so, did. I definitely, what? I remember I had the pizza, the pizza delivery guy. He knew my name. Like he, <laughs> he, they knew my order and it was like, okay. And at the time you could order wine with the pizza delivery. It wasn't, it was crazy. And they would just be like, hi, Heidi, we're, we're on our way. And I was like, it, but the thing is at the time it didn't even phase me. That's how badly I wanted to numb. And that's like a coping strategy that we have, right? It's like numbing out is a coping strategy, an unhealthy coping strategy to get our needs met. And, and so that we don't have to feel our feelings because they're big feelings. And we're taught that like big feelings aren't good. They don't have a place in our life. And, right. and we're oh. not taught like how to actually navigate those big feelings. We're just told like, just don't feel it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know, like when you're little and you're kind of held and you're coddled because your mom doesn't want you to stop crying. You're like, it's, yeah. okay, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. Like just stop crying. Well, no, you need to, you need to wail on it. Like you need to sob. You need to sob about your losses and yes. it's okay. Exactly. And you need to reframe all of the stories that you told yourself all the time. Like, you know, that you create these stories when you're in this relationship because you have somebody reflecting back to you their own hurts, right? So I, my mediator actually told me, she's like, he's critical of you because he doesn't like himself. Yes. And I was like, whoa, that was a huge, like, aha moment for me. And so you have somebody in your life that's reflecting back these certain things and you're, you're, you're creating these stories around their behavior towards you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you have to take this time post divorce to reframe those stories. Right. You know, what is the story? What actually happened? What are some other things that some other explanations for this story? Like what's the actual truth? You know, who, who am I, who am I to my core? And that takes a lot of deep diving and taking a look at yourself and taking a look at your, how you showed up. I mean, um, I will, let's go back to my original story. I made my mistakes. Okay. I yelled, I cried. I, you know, I, I made my mistakes too. This isn't a one-sided thing at all, you know, at all. Um, but it's, it's reflecting back on that and saying, okay, well, how was I feeling? What were the stories that I was telling myself? What are the things that I need to, what are, my, what are my trigger points? I think there's a lot yeah. of people come out of, you know, we all have some type of childhood trauma. There isn't anybody that gets out of that in the state, okay? <laughs> so it's like identifying what those trigger points are so that you can be, it's, it's that self-awareness. And now, you know, I have young kids and I'm so focused on helping them understand like self-awareness. Like, well, how did that mm. make feel and what do you think the other person might be feeling and like let's talk all about that because I don't think that I was taught that growing up I was taught to go to school do the right thing you know be the good girl yeah right my dad um worked very very hard and was um kind of he was tired at the end of the day and he didn't have any patience and it was kind of angry and so I went into that people pleaser world just like you did and that's why I think we just aligned in college so well, because we're like basically sisters from another mister. Yes. Well, I think the other thing of like, be a good girl actually now to me translates into do what other people need you to do 
do what other people need you to, to do. Make them feel to make, comfortable. Right. Your job as a good girl is to make sure that everybody all else people are comfortable. feels yeah comfortable and happy. And that's just that's like, not my responsibility. Right. And that's actually how we get into. And I love the phrase that you used. You haven't used it yet, but let's go there. Okay. Um, you had mentioned to me last week, this concept of living in the purgatory of the mundane. Can you right. talk to that a little bit? Yeah. So I won't take that phrase as my own. That is, uh, Lisa Bilyeu. Uh, I listened to a podcast by her and she was talking about the purgatory of the mundane. And I think if you guys are aware of Adele's situation as well, those, are, I think it's coming out a lot more about how women, you know, it's the, the everyday, uh, you know, um, concept of just not it being, everything being fine, everything being fine. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and it's kind of hard too, because we were talking about this pre-recording, but it's like, as women, we literally have a smorgasbord in front of it. It's like a cheesecake factory effing menu in front of us. Right. That's it's such a good have- way to put it way more opportunities available to us. We can choose to have kids or not have kids. We can choose to go to work or not go to work. We can choose to build our own business. We can choose to travel or have a family and like stay at home. Like there's so many things that are available to you. And we were talking about how you're looking at the menu. There's just so many options that you cannot even wrap your brain around it. And so we just look to the generation beforehand. We look to the checklist of life and we're just like, okay, I'm going to follow this. Like this will tell me what to do without checking in. Yes. So another thing that Lisa Bilyeu does with Tom, her husband, if you guys aren't familiar with her, she's got a new book out called uh, Radical Confidence and her and her husband, Tom, run a, a YouTube and podcast called Impact Theory. And they have incredible thought leaders on their podcast, but they do a exercise that is called no bullshit. What would it take? Yes. And it's looking at your goals for your life and energetically, how do you want to feel? How do I want to feel? How do I want to show up in my life? What does my future look like? And no bullshit. What would it take? And so they took this exercise when they were building impact theory and they were like, okay, no bullshit. What would it take if we wanted to make a global impact with impact theory? And they were like, how it's going to take travel. It's going to take time. It's going to take money. It's going to take resources. How do kids factor into it? And they made a decision not to have kids because of their greater vision for impact theory. Mm -hmm. And I think we have that choice now more as women. We can choose whether or not to get married. We can choose whether or not to have kids, but we're so out of touch with ourselves because we are scroll holing every day comparing ourselves to other people's lives. Well, I should be living my life like this. I should be living my life like this. Instead of saying, Hey, what do I actually want? What does my future look like? What lights me up? What lights me up is travel adventure. It's serving people on a greater level. It's helping women experience an elevated life by building a better mindset, a better body, a better bank account. So they are free to live the life that they want to live. Like that lights me up. And so no bullshit. What would it take? Mm. It would take leaving my relationship. 
because it wasn't in alignment with what he saw for my life. I was comparing what I wanted to what he wanted. And then I told myself that my, my, what I wanted was wrong. It wasn't because I wouldn't be enough to, to be what he wanted me to be. He wanted me to be the perfect stay at home wife have dinner ready, the house clean, uh, the kids perfectly behaved, everything perfect. And I couldn't do that and have the freedom and the flexibility and the servitude that I wanted to have for my life. And so it takes that question. I love that game she plays because I don't yes. think we ask ourselves, no bullshit, what would it take to live the life of my dreams? Yes. Right? Right. And we just get into, so Adele was talking about how, you know, she had a great, they got along great. Same thing, same thing with us, right? Like they got along great. Yeah. We got along, kind of got along great. In fact, we're like, having a better relationship now. We're joking. Everything's more relaxed. Like there's not that stress that like, oh, like we have to be married. We are, we always got along. We always got along. We always had money. We always had, you always had a great career and, and the, the kids were, kids are healthy. I mean, we had like healthy kids. Like that's like, that's a huge blessing nowadays. Everything was fine. She was miserable. Adele was miserable. We were miserable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, she got married pretty young too. How old were you when you got married, at Heidi? Oh gosh. I got married in 2008, 2008. So you were 24? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do math right now. <laughs> oh, podcast host. I'm not a mathematician. All right. <laughs> Uh, I was 26. So how young are you? And I got married in 2007. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm 39 and I got married in 2008. Yeah. So I think, I think it was about 24. (laughs) Carry the one. Something like that. Anyway, early twenties. Okay. Yeah. And that was late. I mean, I was like a considered a late bloomer. I kid you not. I was like one of the last ones to get married, which Again, personal responsibility. I was like, like begging him to marry me and yeah. learn later. Like he just didn't even want to be married. Like he just didn't even want to be married. Um, and he wanted to be, he didn't want to lose me. He wanted to stay in relationship with me. And I was like, listen, pooper, get off the pot, dude. Like it's been like five years, you know, which is ironic because I'm with my, uh, now partner and it's coming up on five years. And like, there's, there's like no push, no hustle, no nothing. Like I'm so in love with my life and in love with the way that we are. It's just like, I'm a literally surrendered. People ask me all the time. I don't know if they ever asked you, but they're like, are you going to get remarried? You are, or, or, and now that I have a serious partner though, are you guys going to get married? When are you going to get married? When are you get to get the ring? Da, 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 da. And it's just like, I'm so surrendered to just allowing my life to lead me to whatever that is. And if it's to the altar, eventually yippee skippy, if it's not yippee skippy, I'm good with e- It does not determine who I am, the impact I want to create in this world, how I want my life to look. Or your worth. None of it. Yes. I think, okay, so I was a wedding planner for like 
<laughs> okay. I got out of college. I worked at a, a nature center. I did weddings there. I went to a boutique to resort. And then I went to this a huge hotel. I've, I've done weddings. God, I think it was like a total of 12 years. I was in the wedding industry. And then we, I became- We have planner. that in common too. We were both, I was in the event industry for 15 years. I was an event planner. So- I swear, we're like twins separated at birth or something. Anyway, so like I've seen the obsession, the obsession around weddings and around the pomp and the circumstance and the, oh my God, the cost. Yes. Everybody was like, oh, I can't wait for your wedding. I was like, I make a wedding planner's salary. <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys don't understand how much this stuff like costs. So, but there's so much excitement. And, and, and from the very, we're very young. We see the princesses and the ball gowns and the weddings and the happily ever afters. And it's, your happily ever after is yours. It's yours. It's not some fairy tale. It is yours. And so we have, and it, like I said, we live in a beautiful time. If you're listening to this and you are a woman in America and your skin happens to be white on top of that, you have the whole world at your, at your plate. You yeah. know, we really do. We have it so, so good. And like I said, it's like the fucking cheesecake factory menu though, because we could, we could choose anything. And so I think it's really important that we're tapping in from a very early age saying, how does this make me feel? Right. Like my daughter is eight. Right. And she's coming home. She's like, I like this boy in my class. And you know, his name's Owen. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so what do you like about him? Like, yes. you know, what, how does he make you feel? What, what are the things, what do you see him doing that are, you know, is he kind is he funny? Like, what are the things that you're attracted to? Like really hard, like early on helping her understand, like, you know, what makes, is he a responsible person? Like what makes and the, the other thing, the other talking? thing is like, what about like, who, what do you love about yourself when he's around? Exactly. And how does he make you feel? How yeah. do you, because otherwise we go, we get into this, the system that you and I were brought into, but that's just like, who do I need to be in order to get him to keep spending time with me? Yes. 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 Right. Do you love that when you're with, with Owen, he, that he makes that you are goofy, that mm-hmm. you feel that, that you do your hair different. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe that brings up the feminine side. There's so many things that we have to right. self-realize about ourselves that when you're in relationship, be it in a friendship or a romantic relationship or any relationship in a business relationship, like what do, what characteristics do I love about myself that this person is bringing out in me? Yes. Yes. And that was a clear, that was one of the things that was really starting to clearly, I could start to clearly see with my, my past relationship is that I didn't like how I felt around him. Yes. And, and if you can't have that in your primary relationship, then it's like, what, what else, what else is there? You have to, this is your primary relationship that you have to have someone who you feel so emotionally secure with that you can be vulnerable about anything and that they're going to be your biggest cheerleader and they're going to lift you up. I mean, these are the things that are so important. And so, yeah, like I'm always like, how how do you feel? How do you feel? You know? And I'm the other thing I tell her all the time, we're always talking about like, people are going to have opinions about you. That's their problem. That's their thing. Like that's their opinion. 
all that matters is your opinion about yourself. All that matters is your opinion about yourself. Um, and I don't think that I was taught that. I was taught to fall in line and make mommy and daddy happy, make my teachers happy. And, um, and yeah, it's, I think it's really important that we help, especially our daughters understand, you know, their self-worth and to be secure emotionally in themselves so that they can walk their own path. Yeah. Anytime that I feel like I'm being judged or someone's projecting something onto me, I love to ask myself and, and I start to feel like crap. Right. I just, just like really hard on myself, start that mean girl chatter just is going wild inside my brain. I stop as much as I possibly can. I'm not perfect by any means, but I try to stop and ask myself, what am I choosing to believe that's true? Yeah. And then I ask myself, like, is that true? Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, it's no, that's yeah. not true. And if it's not true, it's not mine. If it's mm-hmm. not true, it's not, not mine. So I just encourage our listeners to kind of go like, hold on, what am I choosing to be true right now? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're going through heartache, heartbreak, life transitions, things like that. All these stories that Danielle's been sharing with us, it's like we get so wrapped up in in the in the noise and the chatter and moving a thousand miles an hour, just trying to continue to check the boxes that we forget to stop and go like, wait a minute. What is true for me here? What is true for me here? Here is something that is super powerful that I heard. I don't know who said it. I'm always listening to something powerful on audio. Me too. Okay, loves, quick 20 second timeout to talk about an amazing free resource for you or someone you know who's feeling sick and tired of crying on the bathroom floor drained from divorce. I get it. I stayed stuck in the struggle bus for far too long because I didn't know what to do next. It's time to get up off that bathroom floor and hit the reboot button to start moving forward. Simply share or visit joyfullydivorce.com today to download the free what now workbook. It's a blueprint that outlines the six simple steps to starting fresh. I've taken the guesswork out of what's next because we all deserve to design the life we truly desire. Now let's get back to the show. Should equals shame. (sighs) Right? Yes. How many times did I say to myself, well, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be happy. I should be happy. I was shaming myself for not being happy, for not doing the things that by the book, by the checklist of life were expected of me. I think that's so powerful. So ah, now I catch myself with the story. What is the story that I'm telling myself? And am I shooting all over myself? That's it. Yeah. Well, I feel like the shoulds, lead to the shame that keeps you in the purgatory of the mundane. Yeah. Right. So can you explain a little bit of what that mundaneness looked like for you? Because I want to be crystal clear with people. And this is just your example and I'll share mine too. So that people can maybe start to see what that might look like in their own life if they're not witnessing it. Because I know probably you and I didn't even realize we were sitting in the mundane right? Like maybe we didn't realize we were sitting in there. So like, how was that showing up in your life? What did that look like? It felt 
like it felt like two puzzle pieces like not being fitting together like it felt like I knew how I wanted to feel I knew that energetically I didn't feel that way but I was stuck here and so I was trying to I was trying to reconcile the two and because of that I was fighting with the shoulds right and that was bleeding into like my parenting like I would be like agitated with myself and then I would project that on my children and they didn't deserve that they didn't deserve that at all and it's just day after day after day and like I said you go into these patterns where you know things start to get better things are better we're, okay we're doing this like oh we're gonna make it yes <laughs> yes and then slowly the behaviors would slide back in and it would just be like these little tiny things and boom we're back down so it was like this like you ever see that um that's this the ship at the uh oh yeah at the amusement park it's like yes and that's what it feels like the purgatory of the mundane you're just like in it in the flush it keeps sloshing right and sloshing left and you're it's all but it's all just it's all fine it's all fine I mean it still works we're not screaming at each other every day there's no physical violence there's we're great financially we have all the things in life that we need we can take vacations so it's like it's like all of this discontentment that's kind of encapsulated into this orb of goodness I love that I love that. And I love how it's so, it's so simplified into that phrase. Like it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. And you can use a lot of different tones with it. Like you can use like, I'm fine, you know, that kind of sarcastic, but you can also be like, it's fine. I'm fine. Life's fine. And I, and I feel like we convince ourselves of stories that sound like this. It's fine. You know, I, I should be so grateful. My kids are healthy. My husband's this, like, like right? that gratitude that can actually be toxic. Yes. Yes. Can you talk yes. about your experience with kind of like what you're referring right? to as toxic gratitude? <laughs> like I said, I had everything. I had everything. And like, I am like a positivity mindset. Like, oh yes. my gosh, like always trying to take the brighter side, always trying to be optimistic. You know, like if you guys love Heidi, we're like the same person. <laughs> like true. It's true. And so that's true. Like we get so like we should be grateful. We should be grateful. Write our gratitudes every morning. And yes, that helps create a good foundation, but it can also fake us into being okay with things that are not okay. Yes. Like, yeah, there's you know, there's some things happening in my relationship where I'm not okay on my end and on his end. And we, but I, but, but, oh, but I should be grateful. I should be grateful. I should, I have the Instagram life. I should be grateful. You know, let's put up the pretty pictures and everybody sees how happy we are. And, you know, I have so much gratitude. I mean, I think I was posting a ton of like quotes about like, oh, yeah. you're and, trying to convince yourself. Oh, yes. You're, you're trying to convince yourself out of, out of what's there and into something else. And, and there's a place and a space for gratitude, but it's, it's not, cultivating this sense of real authentic authenticity and sense of self when we're using it to put a band-aid on a bullet wound right? right 
it like, further, it's also like another numbing device, right? Like it's yes. like we're putting these rose colored glasses on and we're not seeing with our true vision of what is actually happening in front of us. We're just like, oh, let's make it look all pretty through gratitude. And, and I'm all, like I said, I'm all for gratitude, but there becomes a point where it's like, it separates yourself from what's really going on. Yeah. It's, it's like, them. it's like, we call it in coaching, spiritual bypassing or emotional bypassing Yes, where you're, it's just like. I, I, I don't feel like it's fine, but if I, I'm going to almost like, I'm going to use a strong word here. So everybody like, forgive me, but almost like abuse, I'm going to abuse the use of gratitude. I'm going to, I'm going to like use it. It all goes back to intention, right? Like I'm going to use, right. Use it in a way that's not actually real for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So it is great to have a gratitude practice. It's one thing I know that gratitude is so deeply ingrained and connected to joy and a lot of the emotions that, that help inspire us to be our highest selves. That's not what we're saying here, but it's important to recognize when gratitude is, is, is being used in a way that is making you should and shame. Yes. Right. Yes. If those two start to be connected, you're in a bad place. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't think that I've ever shared this like with my listeners and and probably not with you, but after, you know, going through a lot of deep emotional healing, I realized that one of my core needs, um, is variety and my ex and I were so, 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 so good at cultivating variety until we weren't. And we thrived on just creating change, creating change, creating change, creating change, creating change. It was like the opposite of this mundaneness that you're speaking to, right? And looking back, we had to create constant change in our relationship in order for it to thrive. That was how we thrived together. But we used that piece of variety to really kind of like stand out and like push us forward above all else. It's kind of like the same thing of like trying to use gratitude above everything else to just like cure everything. It doesn't work. It's a lot of things. It's like a magic potion of a lot of things that work. And so we were constantly changing, right? So we were dating and we were in college and then he still had one more year. And so then I was living with my parents and then we bought our first apartment together or rented our first apartment together. And then we traveled a little bit and then he went back to grad school and then we bought a house and then we got married. It was this constant, exciting, like thriving off of change and variety until then we moved to California, which again, for the first two years, change, 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 new people, new sites, beaches, things, lifestyle, like body changes, like all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, I think we both woke up across from each other at the picnic table and went like, it's been really mundane for about a year. WTF. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. When, when the chips are on the table and it's just the two of you, what, what's there? Yes. Right. Yeah. I totally identify with what you're saying too, because we got married. We well, bought a house, got married, had a kid. Then we're like, oh, now we need a bigger house. So we got to do <laughs> another house. And we started moving like every five years. Right. And yep. it's like, and then, so it was like, oh, well, we, our space is too small. So that's why we're unhappy. So we're going to get the bigger house and that's going to make us happy. And we're going to, we're going to redo the floors because 
the vinyl floors are not making us happy. So we got wood floors. Oh, that's gonna make us happy, right? Change, Everything's change, make- change, change. Right? Yes. And then, and then it's like, well, we're in Illinois, which you know, love my Illinois listeners out there, but the taxes and the weather are terrible here. So, <laughs> yeah. so we finally moved to the most beautiful place. I love it. Beautiful place in the United States, I feel like. And the, the most wonderful people and the best taxes, and the best weather and everything and the beautiful house. And when everything else outside of us was perfect, what was left? Yeah. Yeah. You can't blame the core of how you're feeling on anything else now, right? Exactly, right? We're so used to doing that. Like, oh, well, that's why I'm not happy. That's why I'm not happy. Well, what we nearly need to be pointing at is the mirror. Yes. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're always looking for something else outside of ourselves to validate our self-worth, to validate our, our existence, to validate, you know, our happiness, Mm-hmm. And or to blame for our unhappiness when we really like we're so out of touch with ourselves as a society. We're so out of touch with ourselves. We're numbing out. We're disconnected. We're, we're chasing excitement and variety because we feel like we should because that's what's all over Instagram. When really, really, we need to just sit in solitude. Yeah, stay put and cultivate a life that you enjoy around it. Maybe hug a tree or something, right? Like, right. You know, I struggle with that. Yeah, I was, I, my love is here. And I was like, I didn't go outside today. <laughs> like, I need to, but we need to, we're so disconnected from nature. We're so disconnected from each other too, after COVID too. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of people, there's just a lot, It people are coming out of COVID mentally unwell or mentally really well. And you can tell the people that, actually took the time to sit with themselves because they couldn't interact with other people and the other people who just numb themselves the entire time. Right. 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 And so taking that time to get to know yourself, like we talked about earlier, it's like, am I sitting in the purgatory of mundane is, is, is fine. Is this fine? Is this fine? Is this in alignment with who I am? Is this good? Is this where I want to be? Is this the life I imagine for myself? Or if it's not, how do I rectify that and reconcile that with my partner? Or how do I craft a life of authenticity and truth for myself? Okay, something just popped up. Yes. Yes, yes, exactly. Something else just popped up too. In case anybody's listening who doesn't, isn't in partnership, right? This, this works here too. You can be in mundaneness with yourself. Yeah. In fact, I think maybe what causes that turmoil in partnership is one and or both of the people get in the mundaneness with self. And that's really where the friction happens because they try to put it on somebody else that they're unhappy with their own mundaneness. And that's really kind of where the friction comes in, where it's just like, I don't like who I am like this. I don't like my life like this. And so we kind of like rip through each other to try to figure it out. And then we kind of go like, oh yeah, I participated in this too. So what would it take? I'm projecting my own battles with my self-worth on somebody else. So Here's something, if somebody is listening to this is not in partnership and they want to be in partnership. What I had, I had, I have this amazing energy coach named Shweta and she was like, okay, 
envisioning the relationship that you want, right? A list of characteristics of the type of person that you want to be in relationship with, how they make you feel, what kind of person are they? What are the things that they do on a daily basis? What are the things that they're interested in? Then take that list and write a list for yourself. Who do you have to be to be a congruent partner with that person, to be a person that they are going to be want to be in, in a partnership with? You can't yeah. just expect Prince Charming or Princess Charming to show up and be like, okay, whatever you want, darling. No, no, it's a partnership. So you have to be somebody that's going to reflect those good qualities as well. So mm. you go to work on yourself. And then that person will be automatically attracted into your sphere. Yeah. Or whatever it is you want. If you're not interested in a partnership, like, but you want a career path or you want to, whatever it is that you want for yourself. Exactly. If I want this kind of career or I want to be in this. So who, like I have, <laughs> I have a little post to know on my screen, my monitor, I hear this. How do I want to show up today? Because is how I show up is what, how I attract, you know, goodness into my life. Yes. That's yeah. If you want a certain career path, like, well, if you want to be in marketing, well, what do I have to be good at to be in marketing? What do I have to be good at to be a a doctor? What do I, you know, what do I have to be in order to accomplish these goals? So it goes with partnership. It goes with anything, but it's looking at yourself first. Yes. Everybody else to make you feel valuable, you know? Yeah. It just helped me in this one quote, something like, something about like a woman who does not look outside of herself for validation and validates herself from within is the most powerful being in the universe. Oh my gosh. I know for a fact that that's how I attracted my part, my now partner Mm -hmm. a thousand percent. And, And I know that a lot of people like to just roll their eyes at this. That's okay. However you feel is fine. But, um, like stop looking, stop looking, stop looking for the person, right? It it doesn't, yes, you get to partner with it. And I don't mean like go off your dating apps and stop putting in the effort. No, that's okay. Like you, but cultivating the energy within yourself that you think is necessary for other people. I wanted better friendships. I wanted romantic relationships. I wanted a different career. I wanted so many things for myself, but I had to take a step back and go like, whoa, hold on. Like, who am I going to be first? Mm -hmm. And then once I'm fully, deeply in love with myself, then whatever is meant for me is truly, truly meant for me. And that is when I feel like I truly stepped into the relationship that I have right now because I wasn't looking for him. I was looking for me and he was like, whoa, you got some pretty good energy. I want to be around that more. I want to be around that more. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It is. It's all energy. It really, really is. And if you are, you know, in a relationship where it feels like two same charge magnets kind of repelling each other, that's a sign. It's like tapping into yourself and Instead of focusing on your to-do list, focus inward and looking at energetically, how do I feel around this person? Energetically, how do I feel in my life? I mean, it is all energy. Yeah. And we're, we're, we get one shot at this. And if you're not living in total alignment and authenticity with who you are, then, then what is it all about? Right. Really? You were brought here 
your the universe wanted to experience life as you as your soul's expression whatever you believe you know god put you here if you believe in god or buddha and allah whatever they put you here to experience life as you through your self-expression through your authenticity through your energy and if you're not living in alignment with that what's it all about if we're shooting all over ourselves and trying to live to somebody else's agenda we're what's what's it all for for me i don't feel like it's okay to be fine well i truly 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 believe i truly believe that everyone should be living a life not should everyone deserves to live a life that they are obsessed with not fine that they are literally obsessed with whatever that looks like and that can be a very simplistic lifestyle as long as you you are obsessed with it right so I have a few more questions for you. If you've got three more minutes, sure. <laughs> what, what would you have told your then self? What advice would you have given her when she was moving through that tough time? So at the, like through the divorce, yeah. like, like getting ready to actually ask for it and things like that. And just, and, and that woman who was just really stuck in the mundane, like yeah. just stuck there what what advice would you give her I would say you don't have to be scared you have it everything that it takes inside of you to build an incredible life that is energetically in alignment with who you know yourself to be trust yourself Mm. trust that you know yourself enough to know that this is not okay and that you deserve more yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Ah, oh, somebody needed to hear that today for sure. Maybe it was me, <laughs> but that's true, right? In every situation, like trust yourself. You've got to know. Like for years, I'll tell you this one story. Just as a side note, we went to I have this girlfriend group, and we would go to a a trip every year. We'd get together, all my girlfriends from college. Um, it was a different circle than Heidi. So that's why Heidi wasn't involved, but it was a different circle. And we, we, there was one year I went and I was, was, I was in a really bad place in my relationship and I manifested a full body rash. Like my entire torso was covered in a itchy red rash and nobody else in the group got it. And I, we thought that it was something that maybe I rubbed up against or whatever, but hindsight is 2020. And I was like, my body was telling me something was wrong. Yeah. My body was under stress because energetically I wasn't in a good place. Absolutely. So sometimes your body will tell you if you're going through some health issues, you know, that, that can be a sign as well. That's very true. That's very, very true. Just that, like, I remember I also, a year before my divorce, I got shingles, Mm. my lower back. And I thought it was just like a, a little, like I I had gone to the gym the day before and I thought I pulled my, pulled something in my back and my boss who was with me at the time. I just said, so weird, my back hurts. And she said, well, like lift up your shirt. And I'm like, no. And she's like, yeah, lift up your shirt. And lo and behold, I had all these little what looked like little bruises and bumps on me. And she's like, you have shingles. And sure enough, I flew home. I was in Japan at the time. So that was painful. Flew home, saw the doctor, you know, and, and it was shingles. It's just like 
the stressors of life, your body will show you when you're not taking care of yourself on the inside through its outside. So pay attention. My first year of marriage on my scalp. Like yeah. I remember you telling me that. And it was bad. It was really, really bad that first year. So I it's amazing. Our bodies will shock you. They'll, they'll try to get you to wake up. They'll send you all these warning signs. Like I love, I love the quote, listen when your body whispers so that you don't have to like, listen when it screams, like, so it doesn't have to scream. Right. So it's really, really important to, again, look inward energetically. How am I feeling physically? How am I feeling? If I feel sick to my stomach or if I'm getting rashes or I have chronic pain, like so much of that is emotionally tied. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, use your body as a, a, a big data board as a big, like as Check a big hub. Out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a hub of information. And, and the glass half full side of that is, is like, my body is saying like, not this, not this, not this. And it's also saying like, Hey, I want you to do something better for yourself. Mm-hmm. There's, there's other options here. Hey, pay attention to me. So really looking at that is so important. Yeah. Over here. Hello. I, how so, was your energy? <laughs> could, you, could you take care of me? Because it's bursting out. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I have three closing questions that I ask, okay. ask almost all of my guests. And the first thing is just like, where can people find you to get more of your energy? We'll put everything in the show yeah. notes too, but just give yourself a little shout out here. Where, where can people get more of you? Uh, right now, I mainly hang out on Instagram. So I'm Danielle Lee, L-E-E, darling, D-A-R-L-I-N-G. Like, isn't she darling? That's so just happy to be my two middle names, but um, I'm very blessed that way. Um, so Danielle Lee, darling on Instagram. Perfect. I'll put everything in the show notes so you guys can find her and link her and sync and send all the things. So check for her there. Make sure you give her a follow. And then three quick rapid fire questions. The first one is, what brings you joy? Oh gosh. Having a dance party in my kitchen. Like I just had one before this and that's just, it just lit me up so much. Yes. I love that. Perfect. Um, what's one thing you love most about yourself? I love my, the way that I help others see themselves. I pour a belief into people. I help them reframe their stories. I help women change their mindsets. I help them create a better lifestyle for themselves. I help them. I I tell people that I will believe in you until you believe in yourself. That's my gift. That is your gift. I on people very easily. So that is a thousand percent your gift. And I'm so grateful for that in my life and that you do that in the lives of so many others. It is, it is the greatest contribution you can give to the world, in my opinion. So um, the last question is how does joy feel inside your body? Oh my gosh. Uh, it feels like it's like exploding out of your cells that energetically, like just the tingling from head to toe. And it feels like your heart just wants to explode out of your chest. That's how joy feels to me. 
I felt that in my cells just talking to you today. It felt so good. I cannot even tell you how much I appreciate you, how much I love you, how grateful I am to have such a deep, vulnerable conversation. I know that sometimes it's not easy for a lot of people to do what you're doing. And um, it really means a lot that you're stepping up into the light in this way and sharing your voice. So thank you so much for being you. I appreciate you so much. All right, everybody, go out into the world, shine your light bright, and love yourself healthy. See you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own Junk to Joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcast. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon!